Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Beloved, faithful, wondrous, magical Coach Taku listeners, tis I, Christina, and my far more eloquent yet also to the point co-host Mary. And this week, basically, a fun fact, the way we came up with the anime for this week was we looked up Kami-sama Kiss and then looked up if you liked this series, what else do you insist on watching? (laughs) because it's been one of our most beloved episodes. And so if you're a fan, you should go check it out. And lo and behold, Maid-sama, Kaichi wo Maid-sama, was one of the top recommended anime to watch if you are a fan of Kami-sama Kiss. Uh, I don't think I had read or watched Maid-sama since I was like a teenager. So it was super fun to go down memory lane. Um, But just as a quick recap in kind of a sweet and silly way, Maid Salama is the story of a part-time maid cafe waitress, you know, high school student, part-time maid cafe waitress, who is taking it upon herself to reform the ways of a rowdy former all-boys high school and hopefully not get caught being a secret sweetie at the same time. So beloved shoujo comedy mix. What do you think of Maid Sama, Mary? What, What do you like about it? Just like the dynamic between our protagonists is really cute and fun to watch. Their their personalities are so different in the way that they show up. Like Mizaki is super type A. She wants everything to be perfect. She wants things a certain way. She has certain expectations. And then you have her counterpart and he's just like Usui and he's just like laid back kind of aloof doesn't really care but what we find out about him is that he's actually also really smart really driven it's just like he has a different way of kind of you know presenting himself and I think their dynamic is super fun yeah and you know it's definitely if that line sounds familiar to you like two protagonists that appear one way but are secretly another way I feel like that is the magical formula to writing a shoujo Like protagonist A appears to be a perfectionist, but is secretly a sweetheart. Protagonist B pretends to be a playboy, but is secretly devoted. Will they find love together? Yes, they will. Let's see how slow the burn is. Um, Which (laughs) I think as a result, I know I would love to do like just a shoujo rundown episode, like maybe rank some beloved shoujo pairings based like on a healthiness scale or on a goal scale of like their relationship dynamics. Um, so if anyone listening to this seems like hears that and is like, oh my God, count me in. I want votes on the tiers. Then let us know because we could definitely make it happen. But specifically for Maid-sama, you know, again, talking about these two characters, one conversation that we thought would be perfect to have, especially looking at our dearly beloved Misaki, is righteousness in relationships. Righteousness. Isn't that a fun word to say? 
So here's, here's the dealio, folks. What I find, and I'm sure what Mary finds over and over again, is we bring all of our own baggage, judgments, and assumptions from previous relationships into new and current ones. And that can have consequences. And when I say consequences, I mean both good ones and bad ones. Because on one hand, all of your previous baggage has taught you who to watch out for. But on the other hand, all your previous baggage is usually what, you know, creates self-sabotage, affecting how you show up for people, perhaps coming off as unlikable or needing to project a certain image. And so righteousness in shoujos in general is a really fun topic to look at. Uh, with these tsundere archetype characters who just like can't help themselves and need to be angry all the time. Um, And we'll get into like more of what this looks like through the series, but I think part of the reason why Misaki is such a great character to look at this conversation with is because her baggage is super clear. You know, she was a sweet little girl. Her father abandoned her and her family and that taught her Men are scumbags, they're not reliable, and I hate them. And a lot of the rest of the series is in the impact of her being righteous about that. I just have to say this because, so as we're recording, Christina's in a bouncy ball, and I feel like she, every time she speaks, she's about to raise her hand or exclaim something. (laughs) Like, so um, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm sorry you can't see us in person. But on that note, and I think that what's really important about what Christina just pointed out is that it's not just romantic relationships that inform our patterns currently with current relationships. It's all types of relationships. It's relationships with friends, it's relationship with our parents, relationships with ex-partners. It all informs how we show up. And for Mizaki, her relationship with her father was pivotal in kind of forming how she relates to men and to boys and it almost um, drives her to be really self-reliant and she says well I'm not going to depend on anyone because they could leave at any point in time so I'm just going to depend on myself and I'm going to make sure that I can take care of myself no matter what and this is really important for her because what we also know is that when dad left they he left the family in poverty so Masaki lives in a really rundown home. They're struggling to make ends meet. And this is why she has to get the additional job after school. So not only is she like a straight A student, is she put is she like the class president? She's also really pushing herself to find a job to secure her financial uh, status, to help her family, to help her sister. And it's a lot of responsibility for one person to shoulder, especially as a high school student. Yeah. And, you know, on one hand, this level of self-reliance, you can, you can look at Misaki and go, well, that's a great thing. Her being right about all men being bad because her father disappointed her, her is what made her an overachiever. And in some ways, I don't think the interpretation is wrong. Like there are a couple of qualities in Misaki that you can look at and go, oh, well, because she's so righteous about how boys suck, it's what makes her so strong. And I think another example of this is 
she is so reliably outspoken and able to speak her values. You know, as I mentioned before, Misaki perfectly finds herself as a student in a high school that was formerly an all-boys school. And so the majority of the school is still male classmates. And Misaki has taken it upon herself to be the voice of the needs of the girls by, you know, joining the student council. And you see time and time again how she puts these boys in their places and even this really pivotal moment where every year for the school festival, they decide what they want to do. And they usually leave it up to a vote, which when you think about it means the boys will always win because there's more boys than girls. And so it's actually Misaki who goes, hey, (laughs) because I know you're all weasels and you're not reliable, I'm not going to let us do the usual way, which is voting because then you're going to win. I'm going to stand my ground and have us look at what the girls want to do because they have really great ideas. And so Misaki's righteousness awards her both this self-reliance that Mary was just talking about, and it also awards her her ability to stand her ground and speak her values against others, especially when they may not agree with her. Yeah, and while those things work in her favor, we know that her righteousness, especially around boys and men, also has a lot of drawbacks. For example, there's a lack of trust that she has for every single guy, no matter who they are, how they show up. And so she takes on a lot of responsibilities because she doesn't trust anyone else to be able to do it as well as she will. You know, again, it's that, you know, the stories that she created on her dad leaving and leaving her, her family just bare. So now she's like, well, I can't have that happen. I can't trust anyone to actually support me or be there or help me with anything. So she takes on all these responsibilities, often to her detriment, because we see her get sick and she's like really pushing herself instead of asking for help, even from her friends, who, by the way, even the girls have no idea that she works as a maid in a cafe. And you can see how closed off she keeps her life, how compartmentalized and is she seems like a very lonely character. She creates her own isolation. Yeah, and you know, in coaching, I find this to be the case with people that are righteous about anything. You know, um, I think for many of us, we become protective of what we're right about. And so we're willing to die on that hill, even if it means we die on it alone. And, you know, Mary, you were just pointing to how The consequences of her own righteousness around relationships with men, you know, creates this lack of trust. It puts a lot of the burden on her. And the other impact of it, and this was a very interesting point in the series for me, because I think it was the point where you realize Takumi's smarter than he may first appear and more observant than he may first appear. Because, you know, uh, Takumi warns, warns Misaki like, hey, Your nickname in the student council is the demon dictator. I get that you don't like boys, but if you remain this outspoken about how much you don't like them, they're not going to like you either. And her response is basically good. Great. (laughs) You know, she sticks her, she sticks her flagpole in the sand and that's the hill she wants to die on. And 
one of the uh, like first major consequences of that that you see in the series is after they go through all these efforts to make this coffee shop for the school festival, the boys don't show up for their shifts. They're like, screw her. She's a dictator. She doesn't appreciate us. We don't want to be a part of this. And here she is actually creating the self-fulfilling prophecy of men not being there for her. But the thing that she can't see at the time is that, you know, this isn't her being a little girl and her dad choosing to leave. This is her as a teenager pushing these boys away. And the consequence of that is that she's still alone. Yeah, I think it's brilliant, Christina, because she's actually creating the thing that she most fears and doesn't want in her life. And so it's pretty interesting to me because what we know about Misaki is that she's actually really sweet and kind and she has this soft, gentle side, which we get glimpses of, especially when she's at the maid cafe. And what's really funny for me are those moments when one Takumi finds her, but I think it's around like in the first few episodes that a group, a group of boys from the school find her too. And then kind of falls in love with her. And they go into the coffee shop, even when they don't have money, just to watch her because they're so enamored of this other way of being for her. So think about it. Like when you actually let go of the righteousness, when you like let go, give up that stubbornness, that pride, that whatever it is that keeps you there. There's actually access to something else. And for Misaki, I want to say there's access to connection and authenticity. Oh, heck yeah. Even some good old vulnerability. So earlier we hinted that this is about righteousness between both of the protagonists of this series. And you might look at Takumi and be like, well, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? He's cool as a cucumber. What could possibly be righteous about him? And I think that lends itself to a really great conversation of not mistaking being righteous with being angry. Like, yes, tsundere characters are very outspoken about their righteousness. They're passionate, they're emotional, they're volatile. But what we've found as coaches is that sometimes people's righteousness is far more covert. And that oftentimes, you know, the cool, charming playboys that need to keep their images alive, what they're righteous about is needing to keep that image intact rather than getting to be the reliable one, getting to be the loyal one, getting to be the one who is honest about his feelings for a particular classmate who works at a maid cafe. Because when you think about it, like when you look at Takumi and when he first finds finds, um, Misaki at the maid cafe, she's taken aback by this. She's like, oh my God, he's going to blow up my secret. I'm going to have to, she's like, there's a real fear for her because she's like, oh my God, now people are going to look at me differently. They're going to think I'm weak or cute or girly or whatever it is that is in her mind. And that's not what Takumi does, but because there's no authenticity from him, there's no openness, there's no communication, there's no coming forward with how he's feeling or what he's thinking. She misses her tupper sat throughout the, almost the whole season where she's always misinterpreting his intentions and his feelings because she's just not showing up in a way that's actually clear in order to protect that image that he's kind of created for himself, for himself and, you know, for the people around him. So it's really hard to kind of get past that 
wall until the very end. Yeah, and you know, I think part of why it's difficult to get past the wall is similarly, we mentioned for Misaki, and this is true for anyone. Like if you're aware of a self-sabotage pattern that you have or something that you're righteous about, or just like a, a, a pattern in your life that shows up over and over again, we created those patterns for a reason. Even if there are some consequences to them, they also have a lot of benefits. And for Takumi in particular, the reason why it's hard to give up the act that he's perfected is because it gives him a lot of freedom and it gives him a lot of likability. And it's not even that like he needs that validation from his female classmates per se, but it's more that staying likable assures that he can count on people when he needs them. And so even if you go back to that same example with the coffee shop, Takumi is the one person that shows up to help Misaki when everyone else is like, screw her, she sucks. And him taking on the role of working with her brings so much charm, so much ease, so much flow that the boys, even though they still don't really like Misaki, like Takumi enough that they relent and give in and eventually show up to help run the rest of the shifts. And so the pros to Takumi, you know, keeping to himself is that he gets to have a lot of people in his circle that he can rely on for at least surface level needs. Yeah. And so while he's super charming, has all these people around him, it does stay very surface level for the most part. Like we only get glimpses here and there what's going on inside of um, Takumi's head. And it's, it's almost like the wall really protects from him from being seen. And it's interesting to me because um, I know that when I work with people, it's always like, well, what is it protecting you from? And how is that serving you? And I think all of this is around that awareness. You know, if you're getting anything from this conversation, it's really around the awareness of how are you showing up? And where's your righteousness? And, you know, how is that working for you? And where are some areas that you think you might want to let go of that grip a little? Yeah. And if you really need the power of anime to sway you, when the group, when the grip is loosened, you get cult classic favorite scenes, like one of my personal favorites, which takes place, you know, um, long story short, uh, just to rehash this, Takumi ends up uh, protecting Misaki from a hard fall and he himself gets hurt and he hides the hurt for a very long time. It ends up resulting in him needing to go to the hospital. And of course he bails himself out of the hospital early, even though he's feeling sick. And so you end up with this really, really sweet scene where Takumi's finally honest about how he's feeling physically. And Misaki is willing to let down her guard enough to show that she cares and wants him to feel better. And they have this sweet little hugging scene that, you know, for me made my heart go doki doki the first time I watched it. So, you know, the proof's in the pudding. If shoujo couples can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> um, so as we start to wrap up Made Sama Mary, anything else on the series, on perhaps righteousness in shoujo's overall, or just the theme that we're on for today? 
So it was funny, Christina, because as I was watching it and as I was thinking of the topic of righteousness, I kept thinking of Pride and Prejudice because, you know, there's so much righteousness in that story as well. And I kept comparing it to what was happening with Misaki and Takumi. And it's like, you know, I think it's just innate. We all come with certain prejudices. We all come with certain experiences, with certain backgrounds. But imagine if Mr. Darcy had never given up some of his pride and if Elizabeth hadn't given up some of her prejudices, what kind of story would we have? And it's the same with Takumi and Misaki. It's like when we actually let go and we open ourselves to becoming a little bit more vulnerable. And yes, it's scary and terrifying, but the rewards can be quite immense and quite fulfilling. Yeah. And if you're listening to like to this episode and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I can see where I have my own righteousness, but I'm not totally sure how to give that up. Um, One place you might look is actually creating new relationships on purpose. And like, yes, in a perfect world, you could go into your current relationships and practice something new. But what we find time and time again is part of the reason why those relationships work for your current patterns is because they're complementary to the patterns of the people that you're in relationship with. And sometimes it actually requires something totally new, whether it's a new friend, someone that you're casually dating, a new romantic partner, a new mentor in your life, whoever you could have a relationship with, to give you space to see things in a new way. Um, I think another series that exemplifies this really well, they're wrapping up their final season is Fruits Basket, because you have the Soma family who is like, this is the way it is. And this is the only way we know it to be. And then you have Toru show up who has no concept of any of this family saga. And she's like, I'm a sweet cinnamon roll and I want to love you all. And her newness (laughs) gives space for the other characters to practice coming into themselves in a whole new way. So again, to bottom line that, if you're looking to practice breaking up your own righteousness, See what are the new relationships you could be creating to kind of have a playground to practice new things with them. Yeah. And if on the other hand, you're like, hmm, uh, this is, yeah, this is sparking something for me, but I'm not sure what my flavor of righteousness is. And I need a little bit more support around that. Please feel free to reach out. We're happy to have a conversation with you and kind of create a new awareness around any of these patterns and see what you can create for yourself from there. Yes. And so last but certainly not least, if you liked this episode, feel free to let us know by considering leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It would mean the world to us. We'd love your positive feedback. We'd love your idea suggestions. And in return, it helps get our podcast out to other anime lovers who don't know we're here yet. So we'd appreciate all of your support in our growth. And with that, we're going to leave you until our next episode next week. Till next time, everybody, have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye now. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Taku. For subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, D-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y dot The Nerdy Coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.